Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today I'm going to be taking you behind the headlines. Uh, I think probably... Several of you, many of you perhaps, have heard this story. This is a true, a true story that made the headlines um, a couple of years ago. The story of Tanya Ryder and her husband, Tom. Tanya was um, trapped in her car on the, in a ravine on the side of the road and not found for eight days. And miraculously, she is here to tell the story. But I don't want to get ahead of myself because... Uh, <laughs> That has been literally a long road between the time that she went missing and the time that she was found and the time that she is now talking uh, to you on today's show. And um, a lot of the things that her story entails are also things that make all of us think about what would happen if we went missing or what would happen if a loved one went missing. Wouldn't you sort of assume uh, that if you called 911 or called the police, um, that they would rush out and go looking for your, for you or for your missing loved one. Well, the story is not quite that way. Um, you will hear all about it. And um, also, this is a tremendous story of survival, and we have all pretty much had, <laughs> although a few of us have uh, been in a ravine on the side of the road for eight days, all of us have had um, different traumas in our lives that we have had to survive uh, or will have in the future. And so this story of survival is a very inspirational one and uh, one that we can also uh, gather encouragement from and ideas from in terms of how to handle our own obstacles, our own situations where we need to survive. And so um, today we're going to be speaking with Tanya Ryder and Tom Ryder and the publisher of their book, a new book that has just come out by Titletown Publishing called Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. And the publisher is here with us today, uh, Tracy Ertle, and she is also a disaster and survival expert. So everyone, welcome to the show. And let me, before I, I go to you, let me say that I have been honored to um, write the forward, the the prologue and epilogue, and a chapter <laughs> and, and various pieces 
of the book um, after Tracy and I went on an adventure to Washington, the state of Washington, to meet uh, Tanya and Tom and uh, to try to tell their story in a way that um, brings it out in a truthful and um, compassionate and honest way and, and realistic way. And I don't think I don't think I will ever be um, forgetting the um, uh, that adventure, Tracy and Tanya and Tom. That will be an experience that I will not forget. So, Tracy, let's start with you, and so that you can talk about the origins of this book and how it came to you. Yes, Dr. Lieberman, thank you for for having us on today. I am a disaster preparedness and critical response instructor and, and have been for the last decade through an organization called APCO International, which is the largest public safety education organization in the world. And so we prepare responders for disaster and, and critical incidents. And so our publishing company, Titletown, is an extension of that. We work only with survival titles and true crime titles and I saw Tanya's story, and I was completely mesmerized by her survival, and I wondered, how did she survive? How did this happen? How could she be missing for that long when her husband had made made contact with law enforcement? Because I work within law enforcement. And then I looked at, what can we learn from this, and what can my readers, readers of Titletown Books, learn from Tanya's story? So I outreached to her. And I asked for the honor to do her story so that readers could gain tips on how to survive, how to prepare their own loved ones, whether or not you're a mother or a father or a sister or a brother, and how, how you can prepare yourself for the ultimate disaster, personal disaster, whether it be to go missing because of an accident or perhaps you go missing because someone abducted you. And... It's an area that I hold great passion for because I am a survivor of an attempted abduction as a child, and I am a true crime survivor. And I went to Tanya and asked for for that honor, and Missing Without a Trace is the story that, that evolved from that. And I think we've created a book that everyone can indeed learn from. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, the story itself, I mean, it's, it's sort of the the um the lessons learned about survival of course is an added bonus but the story itself is uh sort of plays like a mystery <laughs> you know it's it does. A, it's... you couldn't write you couldn't write fiction that was more uh dramatic than Tanya's story she was missing for 8 days um laying in a ravine uh hanging sideways from her seatbelt in her vehicle it's everyone's worst nightmare but to further that nightmare, um, she was not found for an extended period of time, and it became a nightmare that her husband lived out as he called repeatedly trying to get help. And I was drawn to that, drawn to be able to, to tell that story in Missing Without a Trace. Yes. Well, um, Tom, would you like to go next and, and tell us about uh, tell sure. us about the story from your perspective? Well, from my perspective, pretty much was a nightmare. I mean, you call the people that our taxes pay 
to do exactly what it says on the sides of their squad cars, to protect and serve. And then to be treated like I didn't matter, that Tanya didn't matter, we weren't worth going out to look. She wasn't worth looking for. I wasn't worth listening to. Um, they seems like law enforcement agencies have kind of forgotten that without us, they don't have a paycheck. Um, I'm not saying I pay them personally, but our taxes pay for, you know, law enforcement offices to operate so that they can serve and protect us. Well, start with how you found out that Tanya was missing and what you did next. Well, I was chopping down some blackberry bushes for a real estate agent in a wetlands uh, attached to a housing development so he could get the final uh, signed off so he could, you know, get his bond released. So I'm chopping away, and I get a phone call from her boss that she hasn't showed up to work for the last two nights. Um, and that's not Tanya. I know Tanya. Tanya has a job. She's there. Tanya went to work, um, you know, after the accident. Just to kind of give you an idea of what she's like, she went to work injured. She went to work, and her work was causing her further injury, and she continued to work until she got insurance, and she still continued to work, and her insurance actually saved my life. I was diagnosed with uh, diabetes. My blood sugar numbers were 624 with an A1C of 26. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows what those actually are, but with those numbers, I should have been in a diabetic coma. Um well, let's not get a, but let's not get ahead of the story because I'm trying to tell it chronologically so people can sort of get the full impact of what each day was of these eight days of horror. So you call, the first when you heard when her boss said that she was didn't come to work and you knew that that wasn't uh, like her she wouldn't have done that voluntarily. What did you do? I started back to the truck. First thing I did was try and call Tanya. And it rang and rang and went to the message that says the cellular customer has not set up their voice mailbox yet. So now I'm starting to panic a little bit. So I I take the short drive home. I get home. Her car is not in the driveway. Uh, I don't have a remote for the garage door yet. She had the only one at that time. So I go in the house and I run upstairs and I'm looking for her. She's not in the house. I'm screaming her name. She's not in the house. And I head back down the stairs, and I jump in the truck, and I'm thinking, well, maybe she's at her other job. She had two jobs at the time. So I'm on the way to her other job, and I'm calling her other job, and she missed one shift, but they didn't think anything of it, and she wasn't scheduled again until about 1 o'clock that afternoon, which was in a couple of hours. So I headed out that way, and I get about halfway there and I start thinking who am I supposed to call? Who am I supposed to call? So I call 911 and ask to be transferred to the highway patrolman to ask if there were any accidents on her route home. Um, They searched. They couldn't find records of any accidents at all along her route home. Uh, So then I start calling the hospitals to see if she's been admitted and maybe they just didn't know to call me or know my number. She didn't or wasn't conscious to give it to him. I'm thinking all these possibilities. Uh, and the hospitals were a negative. She wasn't there. So by this time, I'm about three-quarters of the way there. I'm on uh, 405, and I dial 911 again, and I get connected to the Bellevue Police Department 911 operator. 
who is you know seems very concerned, um, takes me very seriously, dispatches an officer to meet up with me at her other job, and I get there and then I'm calling around trying to find out where she's at, and I call her or the job that had called me that morning, the one at the supermarket, and. I asked him if there was any, you know, cameras in the parking lot. So then we start backtracking, and I find, uh, you know, video of her getting into her car the day she went missing. And when the officer shows up, I've already found this for him, and that may have been a mistake because at the point where they find her getting into her car, Bellevue Police Department decides, or their sergeant decides, that it's now King County's jurisdiction because she's headed home. And that's where my nightmare really begins, is trying to get King County to even listen. Um, they answered the first call with a bunch of barrage of, have you done this? Yes, yes, no, I haven't called the jails. If she was in jail, her first call would be to me to bail her out. Yeah. No, no, you have to call the jails before I can take a report. I call the jails. Uh, no jail. I Actually, by this time, I'm back home because they told me I had to go home or at least close to home to get transferred to the right 911 because I guess 911 works based off the cell tower you're hitting off of. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I need and to stop you there because the music means we need to take a break. Um, at the, you know, I can feel the, uh, and I know the story, the whole story, um, but I can feel the, the tension mounting. You know, this is quite a dramatic and tragic story with fortunately a happy ending. Um, we're talking today about the story of Tanya Ryder and her husband Tom Ryder. Their book is written, a uh, new book has just come out called Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. We're here also with the publisher of that book, Tracy Ertle. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. When we come back, we'll hear more about this story of Eight Days of Horror. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, as I said, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about a story from the headlines with uh, people who have who have had um, a traumatic experience and have survived, notably, well, Tom, you you had a traumatic experience, too. Um, it was Tanya uh, by the side of the ravine for eight days. Um, normally, actually, yes, right, uh, Tom's trauma was dealing with trying to rescue her. Um, my guests are Tanya Ryder and Tom Ryder, and the publisher of their new book called Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror, Tracy Ertle. So, Tom, you were starting to tell the story from your perspective, what it was like once you were once you found out that um, Tanya was missing. So, continue with where you left off. He basically just put me through the ringer for two days uh, until they would accept, uh, actually accept a report. Once the report was accepted, they dispatched an officer out to talk to me, and he told me at the driveway that just generating a report did not guarantee an investigation. And I told him, well, you do what you got to do. I'm going to do what i got to do. There will be an investigation. So that's when I turned to the media for help. Now I had a case number, because before you get a case number, you cannot even, the media won't even talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Got the case number, got everything moving, thought things were going along great. And then on Monday, I get a call from the detective asking me about our bank accounts, which I tell her about all of our bank accounts. I tell her all she has is her Visa card. And she asked me to go online and print out bank statements. And I told her I don't have access online. I haven't set up a password yet. Um, But... I can give you this information. I give her my social security number and my PIN number so she can access the account, so she can, you know, mark it off and move on and just check her Visa card. Well, somehow during all this, she got the impression that I didn't have any access to that account. 
So when I purchase gas because I'm driving around looking for Tanya because I can't sit still, they think it's Tanya. Uh, even though repeatedly I've told every officer I came in contact with, either by the phone or the ones that came out to the house, all she has is her visa. So that slowed them down. And then once I straightened that out... Let me on, just explain, that, clarify that. Because they thought that she was still alive and they didn't realize that you had the same... Uh, card, and so, you know, we weren't doing anything wrong by using it, but it made them believe that she was still alive and not missing. Because they weren't listening to begin with. Right. Um, had they been listening, had they been paying attention instead of taking it like they take every missing person's case, like it doesn't belong, they'll take a report right away on a missing purse. But a missing person, they make you jump through all these hoops for. Um, they'll take a report right away on... Somebody broke into my car. My wife's missing, and they absolutely refuse to take a report. So Go ahead. I think that's a major problem with the system. Yes. So, they, Tom, just to, Tom, this is Tracy. Just to clarify, then as you were moving and using that card, what you're saying is they their perception was that that was Tanya out there in movement and that perhaps she wasn't missing, Correct. Correct. Yes, and I think also something that you need to mention is how what they what they really were doing um, at, in these early stages were suspecting you of domestic violence and uh, yes. and telling you or or thinking to themselves um, that Tanya. I think they told you that people have a right to to go missing, you know, to not return home, and they were trying to. Their excuse, at least, was that they were trying to protect Tanya. Uh, in case she, you were a, domestic, a battering spouse and she had purposely gone missing, she didn't want. They didn't want to let you know where she was. Yeah, and that would be their excuse. Another one they use is that they don't have the money to go searching for missing people. Hmm. Although in Tanya's case, it seems to have cost them a great deal more in the time they spent investigating me hmm. than it would have for the 17 minutes they spent looking for her. Okay, so bring us along because I want to give Tanya a chance to come in here. So basically by the fifth day, sixth day, I get a call and they start talking about there's been activity on the account. And I'm thinking they're talking about her visa. Wow. So I'm thinking, great, she's alive. Maybe she did want to just disappear. So, But then it dawns on me. She said the word accounts. So I call back, and that's when it all comes to light. This is Tuesday, two days, yeah, two days, two full days before they decide to actually go look for her. When this is all cleared up on Tuesday that, no, I have access to this. I gave you my Social Security number to access it. How could you possibly think I didn't have access when my Social Security is what you use to, to glean the account balance? But they swore up and down. I told them I didn't have access. I uh- Okay, and then ironically, on the day, uh, fi- tell us how you finally got them to ping her cell phone. Well, on the day they were going to try and make me the guilty party, uh, Thursday, they finally got around to, you know, faxing over on letterhead a request for her phone records. On it is too late to ping it by this time. The phone has died. I mean, pinging it would have given them a little bit smaller area than they had 
just by searching what tower it came off of, which was all the information they could get at this point. So they decide they're going to try and, you know, figure out what I'd done. And they bring me in, they question me for over an hour and a half. Uh, and then at the end of that, they ask me if I would like to take a lie detector test. And I'm like, fine. Well, during the lie detector test, I discover something about myself. I'm a little bit too upset to even get a correct answer or a correct verification if they ask me my name because every one of these questions they're asking me is making me want to jump across the desk and start beating on them until they go out and look for her. And they ask me all the questions, and he leaves the room, and they pop back in the room about three minutes later, the detective that was questioning me flanked by two uniform officers. And he's holding a piece of paper, and he goes, are you familiar with 196 and Jones Road? And I said, yeah. And it's, you know, off of 169. He's just quiet. They're staring at me. They're looking at my every movement. They're looking for my face to have a tick or something. Nothing, not another word. I have to actually prompt him. I have to say, and? Then that's the point where he shares the fact that they've found her car. Dead silence again. They're looking at me and still studying my every movement, trying to decide at this point if I've had anything to do with her car being down where it's at, and I don't even know anything about it yet. I have to say, and again, she's still trapped inside. Is she all right? You know, they're not answering that part. Is she all right? I have to ask. At that point, he volunteers that he doesn't know and tells me that she's being taken to Valley General. Asks me if I want to ride. I'm, at this point, I'm so hostile with authority I'm not going to get in the back of that squad car. Or they're going to be taking me out somewhere other than the hospital. So I hop in my truck, and I head to the hospital, and about halfway to the, this hospital, I get a call from a uh, press person, a, a reporter. The reporter says, uh, how do you feel about your wife being airlifted? And my brain starts to click, and I, I ask the reporter, they don't airlift to, to Valley, do they? She says, no, she'll probably be going to Harborview. I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know where Harborview is. And I'm realizing that I just passed at about 80 miles an hour the exit for Valley General, and I'm coming up on where 405 and 167 meet, and I'm in the lane that gets trapped and has to exit going northbound. It's just I'm, everything is happening all at once, and I'm just going crazy. So I finally have to hang up with the reporter and dial 411 after getting trapped in traffic, and ask for directions to the hospital. Actually, I ask for the hospital and trans let it transfer me, and I ask, how do I get there? And by the time they get across how to get there, I'm four lanes over in the left lane, and the exit's coming up in less than a quarter mile. So I pull off a Okay, so get us to the emergency room already. We get it. You're crazy. You're crazed. I'm crazy. <laughs> I, get to the, I get to the emergency room. So you get to the emergency room at Harborview, and... And they don't even know what I'm talking about. She isn't there yet. She's still being extricated from her car. I beat the helicopter to the emergency room by over an hour and a half. Hmm. So I still have no idea how she is. Then I'm about to lose it on the receptionist at the emergency room, and I get a tap on my shoulder. It's this lady named Susan who does media... uh, 
rep for the hospital. She's telling me, you know, she's not here yet. She's on her way. She's talking uh, to the rescuers. She is actually communicating with them. So I start to relax a little bit, and they put me in this little room. For an hour and a half, I sit there and I stew. She's not there. She's not there. She's not there. I get a call from Adam, my friend. Uh, he says, dude, I see the helicopter coming in. I try and get up and bolt through the store because I know what general direction the helicopter pad is from this little room they have me in. And Susan blocks my way. You can't go that way. That's a restricted area. Uh, you won't be able to see her anyway. So You were being blocked me, at every turn. Yeah, she gets me calmed down. So I basically I go out. They said you won't be able to see her for at least a half hour. They're going to have to work on her when they first get her in. And then they'll let you see her before they wheel her off to surgery. Surgery. So I'm going nuts. I'm, you know, panicking. I go outside for a cigarette. Adam meets up with me, and we're talking about the situation. He's telling me he was going down 169 and got detoured around her accident. Hmm. So I'm getting little bits and pieces of information from all these different sources except for the one piece of information I really wanted. How is Tanya? Well, Tom, what we're, what we're really talking about is miscommunication from the beginning, from the time that Tanya went missing and you tried to report her missing, all the way through to even her location and what is happening with her rescue. And I, I think that is the most learned point of this whole process for listeners out there. It's all about communication and preparedness to be able to deal with that communication. You, you talked about Tanya's cell phone, it's very, very important for listeners to understand that if you go missing or if you're taken, perhaps you're taken against your will, if you leave that cell phone on, we as responders have a better chance of finding you. And even if that cell phone is off, we can still do what's called triangulate in on the phone and find the tower that the cell phone last um, bounced off of. But that phone itself is vital, and Tanya had the phone with her, and had that phone been pinged earlier on in the process, it probably still would have had power, and they would have been able to find her right away, and it's because of a lack of communication within that department that she wasn't located sooner, and it's very, very important for listeners to understand that, and when they read the book, Missing Without a Trace, they'll get a step-to-step guideline and it's state-by-state where to go, what to ask, what to do so that this doesn't happen again. Yes, and now we need to take another break. The story is fascinating. We feel your pain, Tom. Like, imagine eight days, eight whole days of not knowing where your loved one is and how they are, whether they're still alive. It's, it's, it's beyond crazy-making. We're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. When we come back, we will hear from Tanya Ryder the subject of Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. So stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about the story, Missing Without a Trace, which has just come up, come out in a new book by the same title, Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. We're here with the publisher and disaster expert, Tracy Ertle. We've just heard from Tom Ryder, the husband of Tanya Ryder, who was trapped in her car uh, by the side of a ravine for eight days. People do not usually live for eight days without food and water. And uh, her survival story is all that much more poignant um, now that you've heard the struggle that Tom went through on the outside trying to get people to look for her and find her. And now we'll go to you, Tanya, and, and um, to start telling us what... I know, you know, part of how I got involved with this project was to try to help Tanya remember what went on during those eight days of horror. And, of course, that's a very hard task. It, it can take years for someone to um, want to bring back and be able to bring back, both for psychological reasons and physical reasons, brain trauma and so on, um, what happened during eight days of horror during a traumatic situation like that. And so um, I know it's been really we, what we did to try to bring about, bring back some of Tanya's memories 
um, were, was guided imagery, which is a kind of relaxation psychological technique, a waking dream uh, technique that one analyzes like one analyzes a regular dream, a night dream. And um, it's still been, Tanya still has quite a ways to go physically and psychologically, but this book and, and telling her story has at least been the first step in that. And so let's start wherever you are, Tanya, in terms of where you're comfortable, what you're comfortable remembering and, and where your first memories start these days. Well, I, my first memory starts with me waking up in the hospital. Um, I remember feeling really thirsty, and I remember seeing a nurse next to me and asking her if she had something to drink. Um, most of the three months that I was in the hospital is a haze to me. I was under a, a, a lot of pain medication. I was in a lot of pain, and I slept a lot. And between sleeping and, and surgeries and asking for pain medication, that was pretty much the bulk of at least two months of me being there. Yeah, but, that was a, um, that was a funny, then, you, that's a funny story that you tell about how, about the interaction that you had with the nurse and asking for something to drink. Tell us about that. Um, I noticed her, um, and she was the one that was next to me. Um, I asked her, if they had something to drink, if they had water, um, I asked if it was bottled water. Then um, she kind of looked at me funny. Um, so. Yes, because because Tanya is has been, and this was a part that helped her in her survival. She has been um, a health nut uh, for years, exercise and nutrition and so on, and um, that played a role in in helping her survive, no doubt. And um, and so the nurse didn't hear. <laughs> here they airlifted her out of this um, this crumpled car um, where she'd been for eight days, barely surviving and barely alive. And um, the nurse looked at Tanya like, "You've got to be kidding! What, you're asking me for bottled water." I mean, but Tanya didn't kind of wasn't able to get the picture of of this whole scenario of where she had been, how long she had been down there, and so on. And so for her, asking for bottled water was sort of a normal course of events. But for this nurse, who is this patient who's coming in here and asking me for bottled water or if the water is bottled? Go ahead, Tanya. Yeah, I wasn't completely aware of everything that was going on with my body. I was kind of just in a blur. Um, the first clear thing I remember is Tom. And Tom was always the clear thing to me. He was the love. He was the comfort. He was the peace. But most of me being in the hospital was about being in pain and needing more pain medication and sleeping. And then it came to the point where I had to start getting up and moving around, and they started taking me down on pain medication. So then it became a battle of I need to get half of my body that wasn't working working again so that I can get back to my home. And tell us some of the things that, that were wrong with you, that you know, the injuries that you had. Well, you have to picture yourself um, hanging sideways from a seatbelt for eight days and then take that to the extreme. Um, I had a broken collarbone. Um, my wrist flopped down and didn't come back up. Um, my left leg, um, I... I had um, my leg was leaned up against the side of the car, so three muscles had to be carved out of the side of my leg. So instead of just having muscles that were sore, I had non-existent muscles that had been taken out. 
I had a left foot drop. Um, and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on and on, but pretty much leaving me with half of my body not working correctly. And you had to, I mean, one of the things that was really the, an inspiration was how at some point um, there there came to be a point, I think it was after about two months, um, where you were either going to be sent to a... Um, to continue in rehab, sort of a more intensive rehab, or to a kind of um, oh, rest home or you know a place where they weren't going to expect you to get very much further in terms of rehab, and you needed to prove to them that you could could reach a certain milestone before that happened. So tell us about how you how you managed to do that. Well, they needed me to be able to be up for a certain amount of time to get down to rehab. Um, and and I needed to get my leg moving, which was very was a difficult difficult um, task to to accomplish. But Tom and I started working on that outside of therapy sessions, and that's how I was able to get to the point where I went to extensive recovery instead of a nursing home. Yes, and you you, you sort of made it just in the nick of time, even when they thought that. They weren't being uh, too optimistic about that, but you sort of proved them wrong. You proved that you could do it. And then when you got to that intensive rehab, you told them you wanted to be home by Christmas. And tell us about that. Well, um, that to them seemed like it was going to take a lot longer. But to me, I knew I wanted to be home with my husband. And I'm a go-getter. And I didn't want to be in that hospital anymore. So I made it happen. I got out of there in two weeks. Yes, and managed to come home, and Tom had made you a a snow person. <laughs> a snow woman, yes. <laughs> In your front lawn. Um, you know, I just want to mention um, one of the one of the other amazing one of the other things that uh, or aspects of this whole uh, real life story that makes it all the more a story of survival was that both Tanya and Tom came from really difficult backgrounds. I write about that in the prologue. Um, they both came from difficult family lives, um, divorces and, and um, uh, uh, drug abuse, and, and I'll let you tell whatever you want to tell about it. Um, but it was, it, was, it was a story of survival for both of them, actually, just to survive their childhood. And they finally found each other, and then they finally started to build a life for each other. Things had started looking up right before this happened. And, um, but before they had gotten to this point, before Tanya's accident, um, it already had been a, a long story of survival for both of them, where um, just surviving the, the issues, the problems, the, the traumas of their childhood. And here they had finally sort of climbed to the top of a ravine, if you will, um and and their were their life together was was had taken a turn for the better and um and then this happened so that makes this story all the more dramatic and all the more poignant um for having to go through all of this again a different kind of um disaster that struck that you had to survive T- tanya tell us whatever whatever you feel comfortable talking about in terms of your childhood well, there, there was no stability. Oh, oh, here we go. I hear music. 
how could that be happening again? <laughs> oh my! Well, this this story is just so compelling. It's so it, it, it goes very quickly. Well, we'll come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. The book that we're talking about is Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. I'm your psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman. When we come back, we'll be back with Tanya and Tom Ryder and the publisher and disaster expert, Tracy Ertle. So stay tuned. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with Tanya and Tom Ryder and Tracy Ertle uh, about the true story that is now in a new book called Missing, Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. Um, before the break, I promised you stories about Tracy's, uh, Tracy, about Tanya's childhood, um, which would take a show in itself. Maybe we should do that. But in the meantime, for now, you need to read the book. But I will tell you this. One of the things throughout her childhood, um, really difficult problems, um, was that she had been separated by, from her father when she was very little. Her parents got divorced. And she always had this um, fantasy, this wish, that someday her father would come on a white horse and save her. And that was part of, um, in a sense, well, dissociation from the bad things that happened in her life and this hope that she would still be rescued even though t- 
terrible things had continued to happen throughout her childhood that kept her going. But I, I want, we really don't have enough time to go into all of that, but I, because I want Tanya to tell you about one of our guided imagery sessions where she had this vision of something that happened um, while she was in, trapped in the car. Tanya? Well, um, when you had me, had me under, um, I, I was in the car, and I felt myself being in there, and I saw the head of an eagle, and it, his eyes were just so stunning, and they were focused on me, and I could only see his head at first, and he wouldn't take his eyes off of me, and it was kind of creepy at first. Um, and then later as it went on, um, I was able to see his feet and... I remember that at one point he moved away from me and tried to f- go to the hood of the car and fly, and he was thinking about flying away. He was looking down in front of the car, and I was thinking to myself, why, why does he get to fly away? And it was it was pretty, um, pretty real and intense. And the significant... Then, go ahead. Well, the, his eyes, I mean, even after we did that for a couple of days, just stayed clear in my head Hmm. but you you had um explained to me what the eagle meant and it it was a beautiful thing and you probably tell it better than i can and what what the eagle means well it was the eagle was a messenger from god and a communication between a liaison between a man and god and um and that had a special meaning for you because because God has helped me get through almost everything that I've been through in my life, everything I've been through in my life. He's he's my stability. And um, I, I wouldn't have gotten through everything that I've gotten through without my faith in him. Yes, and so it was, uh, it was, I remember, you know, it was sort of chilling when you heard that because, because it really was that 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 God, His Spirit, um, ha- was with you during those eight days, and that in fact that was a big part of how you were able to survive. Yes, definitely. And I always con- knew that, but the eagle gave me clarification on that—something real to relate to. Yes, yes. And uh, Tom, during the break, was saying that we he wanted to make sure that we mentioned that uh, this story also reflects the power of love and will um, over adversity, which is absolutely true. And Tracy, why don't you, um, why don't you uh, help end the show with some of the things that you want people to get out of this book? Well, as a publisher, I always look for stories that my readers can relate to, but also stories that my readers can learn from. And, as a critical incident expert and journalist, I wanted to create a book with Missing Without a Trace that people could truly learn from. And if you read Missing, um, you'll learn, you know, how can you increase your chance of survival if you become missing? How can you increase your chances of getting back to your family? Or if someone important to you goes missing, how can you find them? You know, what are the steps? What are the sort of the insider secrets. I work within law enforcement. I take reports on missing persons every day. What do readers need to know that they can't get anywhere else? And they'll find it within Missing Without a Trace. And regardless of where you live, we give a state-by-state guide on who to call 
and what to ask, specific phone numbers. So if you have missing without a trace and someone goes missing that's important to you, you literally flip the book open to your state and you're directed on who to call, what to ask, what to say. We've had pre-adolescents, teenagers, college students. It doesn't matter if you're a mother or father. Maybe you have a special elderly person in your life. The elderly often go missing. That's a trend that we're seeing right now. This is a book that you can put into their hands that will help them be prepared in, in, in case they become one of the several hundred thousand people per year uh, that go missing. We've had teachers call us and ask us for the book so that they can do disaster preparedness with their students. This is a topic of great interest, and it's a very readable book that pretty much anyone can pick up. My 11-year-old niece has a copy of the book. She read it. It did not scare her. It's just a very reality-based book on, on what to do if you go missing or if someone you love goes missing, whether this be by an accident or by an abductor. And perhaps your, your listeners are driving right now. Do you know where you are? Do you know specifically what highway or streets you're on? Do you know what direction you're going? Do you know the last exit that you passed so that you would be able to tell somebody? If need be, those are those are some of the guidelines that we go through. That's more of one of more of the basic tips that we give in the book, and we get much more detailed in missing without a trace. Yes, I mean here, you know, it's 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 sort of a. There are so many wonderful reasons to to buy and read this book, um, because as Tracy was saying, it's inside. She is the <laughs> right on the inside. She knows the things that you need to know if you or your loved one goes missing, what to say, what to do, how to get more of a response uh, more quickly so that your loved one or, or yourself, you, you know, you don't, you don't have to try to survive for eight days, which is essentially a miracle. Um, and, and so in addition to that, of course, there's this, I mean, we touched on the highlights of the story, but there are, there are many more aspects, details, particularly in regard to Tom and uh, Tanya's childhoods that are just uh, an amazing story in itself. And, of course, the eight days and what was going on in the car and out of the car and, 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 and what Tanya was able to remember in the guided imagery sessions. Um, it's just a very rich book, and I, I am honored to be a part of it. And I really would encourage you for so many reasons, just the, the, the mystery, the story, the, the inspiration of survival, and so on. And so, so before, without further ado, Tracy, um, uh, tell us where people should go to get the book. They can go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, um, any bookstore. Your readers, your listeners, they can go into any bookstore. If the bookstore doesn't have it, they can, they can order it in. It's really a story of faith. And it's, if you're looking for a piece of inspiration, maybe you've had some other traumatic experience in your life, it's a book you can pick up and really learn that the impossible really does happen. Tanya Writer's a miracle, and we lay out her miracle in the book and give you some guidelines as well. Yes, and, and it's, that's a good point, that, that really, um, even if you weren't on the side of a road for eight days, you've, certainly this book will help you to uh, to cope with and your own experiences, past experiences or future experiences of trauma and survival. So again, thank you so much, Tanya and Tom Ryder and Tracy Ertle. The book's name again is Missing Without a Trace, Eight Days of Horror. Go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and check it out, literally buy it, <laughs> read it. 
it's uh, it's just so wonderful on so many in so many different ways. And Tanya and Tom, thank you so much for sharing your story. And please um, keep on being an inspiration to everyone. It, I know it's hard to keep reliving reliving the trauma in a sense, but you are really helping so many people. So thank you, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.